Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right, good morning. Welcome to IC Made On. It's so good to be with you guys. If you are a guest with us. If you're a VIP, you're a very important person. We just want to say that we are so thankful that you're here uh, with us, joining our family here at IC Maidon today. It is an honor to have you. My name is Adam, and I'm one of the pastors here at IC Maidon. And actually, our lead pastors, Pastor Chris and Carrie, they're away in the States right now. They're home visiting uh, their, their kids and their family, and they're traveling to different churches. So we're glad that they're able to do that. But they actually sent us a video this morning for us to watch so they wanted to greet everyone so let's go ahead and watch this together hey everyone we're so excited that you decided to join us at icy made on today we're in the u.s right now so we're not able to be there with you this morning but we'll be back home and made on soon and uh, we're just excited about everything going on there at the church there's two more weeks of at the movies Pastor Adam has a great message ready for you today to help you uh, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy that. Coming up in August, we have 21 days of prayer. That's a special time of corporate prayer as a church family. There'll be worship and prayer nights at the church. And I just wanna encourage you to be a part of as much as you can. Uh, we believe at Icy Maidon that life is better together, and, and we believe that so strongly. So be a part as much as you can. Uh, we love you guys. Today, I just hope that you'll sit back, relax, enjoy some popcorn, and let God do something amazing in your life. We love you guys. All right, so those were our pastors, and we're super thankful for them. And man, that was a nice surprise, how huh? I get to see their faces. We can't wait for them. Uh, to get back. So you guys just keep praying for them while they're gone, um, and then when they get back, it's going to be a good time. Uh, today, though, we are still in our At The Movies series, and this is uh, one of our favorite times of the year. We absolutely love this series. It's so much fun, and what we really do during this series is we just take Hollywood movies and the stories that are written in them, and we find uh, the biblical principles that are kind of hidden inside of them, and we take them out and we talk about how we can apply those to our lives. So it's an exciting uh, series to be a part of. So if, if this is your first time, um, you got lucky. You came on the right week, man. This is an awesome series to be a part of. Um, and today we're talking about a movie called Coco. Has anyone seen the movie Coco? Yeah, a lot of people. This movie is super popular. Um, I've seen it now about a million times, and it's, the it's, it's good every single time. I love this movie. Um, but it's got all the feels, man. It can make you feel sad. It can make you feel happy. You could be glad. Uh, the next second, you could be mad or you could be crying, right? It kind of, they do a really good job at, at pulling out all these different kinds of emotions. And I just love movies that are like that. So this is one of those movies. Uh, but before we get into the, the topic today, I want, us, I want us to watch this first clip. And this is actually the beginning of the movie, and it sets up the whole story. And so it's also going to set up uh, even the message today. So let's watch this clip together. Sometimes I think I'm cursed because of something that happened before I was even born. See, a long time ago, there was this family. The papa, he was a musician. 
He and his family would sing and dance and count their blessings. But he also had a dream to play for the world. And one day, he left with his guitar and never returned. And the mama, she didn't have time to cry over that walkaway musician. After banishing all music from her life, she found a way to provide for her daughter. She rolled up her sleeves and she learned to make shoes. She could have made candy or fireworks or sparkly underwear for wrestlers? But no, she chose shoes. Then she taught her daughter to make shoes. And later, she taught her son-in-law. Then her grandkids got roped in. As her family grew, so did the business. Music had torn her family apart. But shoes held them all together. You see, that woman was my great-great-grandmother, Mama Imelda. She died way before I was born. But my family still tells her story every year on Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. And her All right, so that is, like I said, the beginning of the movie. And it kind of sets up the, the story um, of the whole entire Movie. So you have this family, and you saw how there was a, a father, and he left uh, his wife and his child in order to pursue his dream of playing music. Well, obviously, that crushed the family, and the wife actually uh, began to rid her entire life of anything that had to do with music because that obviously reminded her of her husband. Well, because of that, several generations later now, we have a young boy named Miguel, and he's the one that was actually narrating this story, um, but Miguel is not like the rest of his family. Miguel's family, they all hate music, and so they don't want to have anything to do with it, uh, but Miguel loves music. In fact, he has this gift inside of him, and, and, and he, he, has, he, just, he just has this desire to play music. But the problem is his family hates it. And so it, it creates this, this conflict. And so when I was getting ready for the message this week, I was trying to, you know, decide what, what topic we would talk about, what, what the theme of the message would be. What I realized was that in this story, there's actually this, this underlying issue of forgiveness, the mother and the, and the wife in this story, she, she kind of holds this grudge against her husband for doing what he did. And so she finds it hard. She can't actually forgive him. And, and so what happens is she, she holds out on this for her whole life. And then she passes that down from generation to generation. And because of it now, because of that bitterness and that unforgiveness toward the husband... Miguel is not able to do what he feels like he was made to do. He, he's not able to enjoy this gift of music and use it 
in his life. And when I was thinking about that, I thought, man, that is exactly what happens to us when we carry around unforgiveness in our heart. Usually when, when someone hurts me or when some, someone offends me, you know, initially after I get over the, the shock of it and I kind of settle down, what I do is I take that and I bury it down deep in my heart, right? And, and I don't really want to bring it up to the surface because I don't really want to deal with it, right? Because it's emotional, it's painful. I don't, I don't want to think about how that person hurt me. Uh, but what happens is when you bury that deep into your heart, it begins to eat away at your life. And, and what will end up happening eventually is that it will rob you of, of some of the incredible things that God wants to do in you because you're holding this bitterness and this resentment toward some person in your life that has hurt you. So that is what I want to talk about today, this issue of forgiveness. Before we, we get into what the Bible has to say about it, though, I just want us to take a moment and pray together. And the reason I want to do this is because I, I do understand that this topic of forgiveness can be a little bit sensitive, right? It's something we don't really like to talk about because it's not comfortable. We have to, we have to bring up things from our past that that are, are not nice. And so I just want us to pray um, for just a moment together and ask that God would open up our hearts and, and help us to be able to listen to what his word says about this, this issue of forgiveness so that we could actually move forward in being able to forgive the people in our lives who have hurt us. So let's just pray together. Jesus, we're so thankful for your word and God, today we are talking about something that uh, I know is, is not easy to talk about. It's not necessarily comfortable. Um, we know that we should forgive, Father, but, but we don't always know how, and, and oftentimes it's so difficult. So I just pray today, Lord, that you would help us to hear your word, to understand it, and to be able to put it into practice, Father. That is our goal today. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We give you all the credit, and we pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about forgiveness. In fact, there's a few really famous um, scriptures that you've probably heard before. If not, I'm going to read just a few of them. The first one I want to read is in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 15, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Then another one in Matthew chapter 18, it says, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Again, in Mark chapter 11, it says, But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And then even in the Old Testament, it talks about forgiveness. In the book of Proverbs chapter 17, it says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. So, 
you know, today, I, I think it's obvious, and I think we all probably realize that according to the Bible, we should forgive, right? I think we can all agree that that's probably something we should do. The problem is, is we don't always know how to do it. In fact, that's probably what I struggle with the most. Even when I know I should forgive someone, I often struggle figuring out how to actually do that. So that's really what I want to talk about today. I want to help us, hopefully by the end of the message, we'll, we'll know better how we can actually move forward in this, this fight to forgive. So I'm going to start by looking at the book of Ephesians, and this is in the New Testament. And the book of Ephesians was written by a man named Paul. He was writing to a church, actually, a group of believers in a city called Ephesus. And so he writes to them, and he is, is talking about um, just different things throughout the book. But then in chapter 5, he begins to kind of focus on, on what he wants to say. And so he begins talking about, in chapter 5, relationships. And he starts to talk about how we should treat one another in these uh, specific kinds of relationships. So he uses some examples. The first one he uses is the relationship between a husband and a wife. And he talks about how they should treat one another and, and love one another and respect one another. Then he uses the example of the relationship between uh, parents and their children and how they should also treat one another. And then he uses another example, something we would consider like the relationship between an employer and an employee. And he also talks about how uh, they should treat one another in their relationships. Well, then Paul gets to chapter 6, and he says, I want to say one more thing, though. So he's talking about relationships and, and how we should treat one another. And then he says, there's one more thing that I want to say, something I want you to understand. And that's where I'm going to pick up. In Ephesians 6, verse 10, he says, A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. So in this, in this, in this scripture, Paul is giving us this analogy of us being in some kind of battle, some kind of struggle, and he talks about that, and he talks about this, the fact that we have an enemy. But before he tells us who the enemy is, he tells us who our enemy is not. And that's what's so important, actually, about this scripture. He tells us that people are not our enemies. You know, often when someone hurts us, that's the first thing we label them, our enemy, someone offends us or does something to harm us, we look at them in our minds and we think, that's my enemy, right? But Paul says that's not true. People should not be made your enemy. In fact, if that was true, 
then, then if you made enemies out of every person that hurt you, you'd be the loneliest person in the world, right? You'd be singing that song, I'm so lonely, so very lonely, right? Because, because really, it doesn't matter who you're in relationship with. At some point in your relationships with people, they are going to hurt you. It doesn't matter if it's your wife, your husband. It doesn't matter if it's your child. It doesn't matter if it's a friend or an employer or an employee. It doesn't matter. Whoever you're in a relationship with, at some point in that relationship, you both are going to hurt one another. So we can't just make enemies out of the people that hurt us. There has to be something more. And that's what Paul is really trying to help us to understand. Well, then he says, we do have an enemy. We have a very real enemy, and that is the devil and his kingdom of darkness. In fact, this is similar to something that Jesus said. Jesus also told us about the devil who is our enemy, and he said that the devil has a plan for us, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy us. That is the enemy's goal for every single one of you in this room. He would love nothing more than to destroy your life. And Paul says that he has strategies that he uses in order to accomplish this, right? He said, I want you to be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So what Paul is trying to help us understand is that this is actually one of the enemy's strategies that he uses against us. In fact, I love in the very end of that verse, in verse 13, he says that we should resist the enemy in the time of evil. Resist the enemy in that moment of evil. And I was thinking about that phrase this week, and, and I realized that that word evil is a specific kind of evil. The word evil there is talking about the kind of evil that actually harms us. It's something that's done to us, something that hurts us. Either it could be physical, it could be uh, spiritual or mental. And so what Paul is saying is in that moment when something evil happens to you, in that moment when that person hurts you, what you need to remember is that that person is not your enemy. That person is not the person that you should be fighting and struggling against. Our real enemy is the devil. So what I believe Paul is saying is, is, is he's giving us a key to, to be able to unlock the ability to forgive, right? And this is what it is. It's in the notes. It says, if we want to be able to forgive others, then we need to see them as people just like us, not enemies fighting against us. Listen, it's, it's so much more difficult to forgive someone when you see them as your enemy, right? If you look at the people in your life and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, that's my enemy, then of course it's going to be very difficult for you to forgive them. Why? Because the moment that you do that, you look at them and you label them as your enemy, what happens is all of these feelings of bitterness and anger and frustration and resentment, they begin to fill your heart and they trap you. 
And all of a sudden now, you find it so difficult to be able to forgive that person. So what Paul is trying to help us to do is he's trying to say, listen, in that moment when someone does something that hurts you or offends you, you have to remind yourself, they're not my enemy. They are just people just like me, just like you, right? They're broken. All of us at some point in our life hurt the people that we love the most. All of us are guilty of doing that. So Paul wants us to remind ourselves when, the, when someone does hurt us, when someone does offend us, we need to remind ourselves, listen, they're just people. They're just broken. They are not my enemy. And if we can do that, then we can be one step closer to finding this ability to forgive them. But that's not the only thing we can do. There's two other things I want to share with you that I think are really helpful that, that help us to find this ability to forgive. But before I share the next one, I want us to watch this clip together. Let's watch this. Oh, I was so worried. Thank goodness we found you in time. And you, how many times must I turn you away? Imelda. I want nothing to do with you. Not in life, not in death. I spent decades protecting my family from your mistakes. He spends five minutes with you and I have to fish him out of a sinkhole. I wasn't in there because of Hector. He was in there because of me. He was just trying to get me home. I didn't want to listen, but he was right. Nothing is more important than family. I'm ready to accept your blessing and your conditions. But first, I need to find De La Cruz to get Hector's photo. What? So he can see Coco again. Hector should be on our ofrenda. He's part of our family. He left this family. He tried to go home to you and Coco, but De La Cruz murdered him. It's true, Imelda. And so what if it's true? You leave me alone with a child to raise and I'm just supposed to forgive you? Imelda, I... Hector? Uh, uh. I'm running out of time. Coco. She's forgetting you. You don't have to forgive him, but we shouldn't forget him. I wanted to forget you. I wanted Coco to forget you too, but... This is my fault, not yours. I'm sorry, Imelda. Miguel, if we help you get his photo, you will return home. No more music. Family comes first. I... I can't forgive you. But I will help you. So how do we get to De La Cruz? I might know a way. All right, just so that you're not freaked out, the reason that they are looking like skeletons is because they've actually, they're, they're dead. They've passed away. And if you watch the movie, then you'll learn that uh, Miguel actually found himself in the land of the dead. And so in this scene, we have um, Imelda, which is the wife and the, the, the mother who was left by her husband, Hector, who is the, uh, the man that you see in this, in this 
seen. And so they're having this conversation and some really interesting things are happening. Um, But what she says is so important. She says, I can't forgive you. That's what she said. I can't forgive you, but I will help you. And, And to be honest with you, in my own life, when I am faced with the, the issue of forgiveness and, and when I know and realize that I need to forgive someone, I usually don't actually feel like forgiving them, right? In fact, most of the time, even though I know I need to forgive them, I really just feel like I can't forgive them, right? It, the pain is too much. The, it, the hurt is too deep. And so I, re- I really feel like I cannot forget or for, forgive them. But then she says something else that's really interesting. She says, I can't forgive you, but I will help you. Now, this is so important in our fight to forgive. What you see a couple of moments later in the movie, um, her and the whole family, they start working together to actually help Hector. And as they are doing that, you see her feelings begin to change toward Hector. And all of a sudden, she is finding this ability to be able to forgive. And that is so interesting because this is actually something the Bible describes that we can do as well. So in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says this, don't let evil conquer you. But conquer evil by doing good. Now, this scripture is so helpful because just before this, in the, in the verses right before this, he's actually talking about not holding grudges and not, not wanting to get revenge. He's talking, about not, he's talking about being able to forgive. And then he says, so don't let evil conquer you. But conquer evil by doing good. In other words, don't let those feelings of bitterness and resentment and anger that you let into your heart, don't let them conquer you and rob you of all of the, thing God's, all of the things God wants to do in you. But instead, you conquer those evil feelings inside of you by what? By doing good. So the the second thing that I believe we can do if we want to find the ability to forgive others is this. If we want to be able to forgive others, then we need to do good. We need to do good. In fact, this is why Jesus said, do good to those who hurt you. Pray for those who persecute you, right? Right? The best way that I can, I can kind of illustrate this is to tell you about my new puppy. I just bought a puppy, for those of you who don't know, and it's a red toy poodle. I bought him like two or three weeks ago, and all of my friends are laughing at me because I talk about my poodle all the time now. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really good, this is a really good analogy. So when I, got, when I got Buddy, his name's Buddy, when I got Buddy, he came to the house. I'm going to be honest, I've never had a a dog of my own, right? So I've never raised a dog. I've never really even been crazy about dogs. But for some reason, I decided to buy Buddy. Well, when I got Buddy and he came to the house, I'm going to be honest, I didn't just automatically love Buddy, right? In fact, it was, it was kind of awkward and, and felt kind of strange because now I have this animal living in my home 
and he's, you know, he's using the bathroom everywhere, and he's acting crazy, and he's biting me. And so I don't automatically just have this deep connection with Buddy when I get him, right? But then what I discovered was as I began to take care of Buddy, as I began to do things to help him and to help him to, to, to grow up and to live, as I started to feed him and take care of him, what began to happen was my feelings toward him changed, right? The, the more time I spend with Buddy, the more, uh, the more things that I do for Buddy, the deeper my feelings get for Buddy. So now I love Buddy, amen? <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't like that to begin with. I had to, I had to actually do something in order to get my feelings to change. And that is what this scripture is talking about. The truth is, is that your feelings will follow your actions. So you don't actually have to feel like forgiving someone in order to begin the process of forgiveness. All you have to do is something good, right? Just like Jesus said, do good to those that persecute you. Pray for those that hurt you. I don't think that Jesus was saying that we should do good to people that hurt us because they deserve it, right? They don't necessarily deserve for us to do good to them. I think what Jesus was trying to help us with was, was that he knew if we would do good, right, instead of, instead of letting those people conquer us and, and letting those feelings overcome us, do something good for them. And when you do that, each time that you do that, it gets a little bit easier to forgive. You'll find that your feelings begin to change because they follow your actions. So if we want to find the ability to forgive others, then we need to do something good. Now, there's one more thing that I, I, I think is super helpful that, that really gives us this ability to forgive the people in our lives that have hurt us. But before I share that, I do want to show you one more scene from the movie. This is the very, one of the last scenes of the movie, actually, and it's one of my favorites. Um, so let's go ahead and look at this clip together. <gasps> Mama, wait. Remember me. Though I have to say goodbye, remember me. Don't let it make you cry. For even Look. if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me, though I have to travel far. Remember me, each time you hear a sad guitar. Know that I'm with you the only way that I can be Until you're in my arms again Remember me Man. Isn't it amazing how a cartoon can make you feel so emotional? Jeez, man, that one, that one, if that doesn't get you, you don't have a heart, okay? 
I'm serious. That was emotional. I love that scene, though. In this scene, um, Miguel is actually singing a song to his, his grandmother, one of his grandmothers, his great-grandmother. I don't know. But he's singing a song to his grandmother, and, and the, the grandmother is actually, her name is Coco, and she's the one that this story's about. And she is the daughter that was left by Hector. And so Miguel is singing her this song called Remember Me, trying to get her to remember her father. Because if you follow the story, if you've seen the movie, then you know that in the land of the dead where her father is, if they are forgotten about by people living in the land of the living, then they actually pass away forever. So Miguel is trying to get Coco to remember her father. And so he sings her this song called Remember Me. And I just love that because that is actually the third thing that I want to share with you this morning. If we want to be able to forgive others, then we need to remember our Father. We need to remember our Father. And I'm not talking about our earthly fathers I'm talking about our Heavenly Father. You know, oftentimes when I'm faced with this, this decision to forgive and, and, and I know I need to forgive, this is probably the one thing that I, I try to always go back to. It's probably the thing that is the most helpful in giving me the ability to forgive. It's remembering my Father in heaven. I, I remember... Um, how much he has already forgiven me in my past. But not just that. I, I remember and I, and I think about all of the things that he's going to have to forgive me for in the future as well. I remember and, and I remind myself of how much I have hurt others, the people in my life that I love. I remember my father. And here's the truth. Our Father wanted so much to forgive us. He wanted so much to have a relationship with us that He did something about it. He did something about it. He sent His Son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sins. Why? So that we could be forgiven. That's how important forgiveness is to our Father. He values forgiveness so much that he thought it was worth even the price of his son's life. And so oftentimes when I'm struggling to forgive someone, it's good to step back and remember how my father has forgiven me. And remember how patient that he has been with me. In fact, the Bible even says this in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. We should, we should find our ability to forgive others in the fact that, that God was able to forgive us. So remember our Father. And I even have to ask myself this question. When I'm struggling to forgive, I ask myself, am I willing to do for others what I expect God to do for me? 
And this is so true. You know, we preach about this all the time. We talk about how much God loves us. We even sang earlier about his forgiveness and how much he loves us and, and how his arms are, are wide open. And when we come into his presence, then, then he is willing to take us and to take us back and to love us. And, and you know, that's incredible. And, and I believe that. In fact, whenever I have done something wrong or, or I've messed up or I've gone down a path that I shouldn't, and I get to that point where I come back in and I need to ask God to forgive me, I actually expect him to forgive me, right? When I need forgiveness from God, I, I expect that he's going he's gonna to give it to me. I don't, I don't expect that God's going to hold some grudge against me or, or be resentful toward me or, or, or cut me out of his life. I expect that when I need forgiveness that it's right there waiting for me. So I think it's important to ask ourselves, am I willing to do for others what I expect God to do for me? If you would, I'm going to ask everyone to stand with me this morning. And I, I just want to take a moment to pray together. And I want us to pray this morning and I, I want us to ask God to do something specific. I want, him, I want us to ask him to point out anything in our heart that even resembles unforgiveness. I want him to point out any kind of any kind of hate or anger or bitterness or resentment that we might be holding. Why? Because those things are not healthy for your heart. If you leave them there long enough, they will make you sick and they will rob you of all of the incredible things God wants to do in you. So first, I want God to, to kind of point those things out in our hearts and, and kind of show us what's really there lying underneath. And then I want us to also ask God to point out the specific people in our life who have hurt us, who we have not been able to forgive. And it is my prayer that when we do that and when God does point those things out, that we will be able to take these steps that we've talked about, use them, and apply them to our life and begin the process of forgiveness. And that's really what it is. It's a, it's a process. It's not something that's going to happen immediately. It's something that you're going to have to work at every single day. Every day you're going to have to remind yourself that that person is not your enemy. They're just a person who's broken just like me, just like you. You're going to have to remind yourself to do something good, to, to start praying for them. If you, see, if you still see them and they're a part of your life, you know what? Do something good for them. Bless them. Encourage them. You be the one to step up and be the person that God's called you to be. It means you're going to have to continually remind yourself of whose child you are. You're going to have to remember your father. But if you will commit to the process and you will do what the, what the Bible says we should do, then I believe, I know that in time, you, those feelings that you have toward that person, that, that, those, that bitterness and that resentment, those things will begin to leave your heart and you'll find yourself in a place where you are actually able to
to forgive them. 